Welcome back to Kevin Schuster's MMA show. Uh, this week, we got UFC 255. I originally wasn't going to do this event, but I've been doing so much homework, so many projects, so many exams that I'm like, hey, I might as well enjoy my Saturday night and watch some fights with the family, right? So UFC 255, it's headlined by the flyweight champion, Davison Figueiredo, versus the fourth-ranked contender, Alex Perez, who is stepping in for Cody Garbrandt. Remember, I thought... I mean, I was so excited for that fight, Figueredo versus Garbrandt, but Garbrandt towards bicep, and, and if you know anything about that, that, that takes you out for a long time, long time. So Perez is stepping in, and, and it's kind of crazy because two fights ago, he was ranked number 12 in the flyweight division, and now he's fighting for the title, right? That usually doesn't happen, but you know, he gets he's had some great performances, so he gets he just gets the uh, the fight, so really good for him. But, um, you know, looking at this fight and looking at the, you know, I usually only look at the most recent three or four fights by each um, fighter to really see how their form is going into this fight. There's not there's no reason to look back 15 years um, and see how they went, how they fought then. And Figueredo has been just on a tear. So, you know, three fights ago, he fought Tim Means, right? And there was a little bit of a feeling out process in the first round. Tim Means shot for a takedown. Figueredo was literally able to jump into the air and secure a guillotine. And, and, and Means tapped in like 10 seconds after that. So, I mean, there's a bit of Figueredo that is just so unpredictable, right? The only time I've ever seen a jumping mid-air submission is when Demetrius Johnson did it five or six years ago, right? So... There's just, this flyweight division is so exciting because there's so many different pieces to it. Everyone's good at striking. Everyone's fast and quick and has just a wide variety of, of attacks and angles that they can come from, right? And then Figueredo at the beginning of this year fought a longtime veteran, Joseph Benavidez. You know, he's fought everybody. He's fought Henry Cejudo and Demetrius Johnson a couple of times too. So... For Figueredo to take him out twice in the first meeting in, I think it was February, he took him out in the second round for the vacant flyweight title, right? But Figueredo couldn't get the belt because he missed weight, right? So then they had the rematch in July, and that was even worse. Figueredo had three knockdowns and attempted three submissions all in the first round. And and eventually that that um, he was able to just put him away, but... So Figueredo is so talented wherever the fight goes. It doesn't matter if it's on the ground, if it's standing. He's just the top of the line in the flyweight division. And, and I think he's clearly the best in the division. I truly do. But now Perez, you got a guy that is good at wrestling. He's good at, you know, the offensive takedowns. And like I said, every flyweight guy, he has good striking. He, he is fast. But... Figueredo certainly has the advantage on the feet due to his strength. So I haven't seen a guy at the 125 division be able to land shots and have it have such a big effect on his fighters, right? The, against uh, Benavidez, he, his first punch that landed cleanly, he landed it perfectly on the temple, and it took him right out. Um, it dropped him, right? So... With that being said, I think Perez is going to have a little bit of trouble in this fight because he might shoot for a takedown, 
or he might faint one. And if Figueredo can catch him with a with a counter left hook or right hook, he has a strong left hand. If he can catch him with the counter, then you know I can I can see this fight ending early, right? And what Perez needs to do is he has to try to close the distance as much as he can and back Figueredo up against the cage, right? If he can do that, Figueredo doesn't have that much space to attack or counter, right? So if Perez can do that, bring him up against the cage, and he did this very well in some of his previous fights. Perez was able to bring people to the edge of the octagon, secure a takedown, and then he moves them to the middle of the octagon where they where these stronger fighters, they can't use the fence to get up, right? And that's where he might have the advantage in this fight. Um, but really, stylistically, on the feet, and just overall, I think Figueredo is just a much better fighter. He has a lot of power, and he, he has shown that his technique is is top quality in this division, really. So, I, I focused a lot on my article this week referencing the DraftKings odds, because as you'll see in, in a couple fights, or the next fight I talk about, there's a, there's a very interesting spread, I should say. But in this fight, they got Figueredo at minus 305, while Perez is at a plus 240, right? And I agree with this. I agree with this because I think Figueredo should be a minus 300 against the majority of people in this in this division. Um, against Cody Garbrandt, it probably would be a little bit smaller. But, you know, Perez is the fourth-ranked uh, contender, and he deserves to be. So plus 240 isn't crazy. It's not crazy. Um, I actually wouldn't even have been surprised if the odds were a little closer because I do think Perez has a chance if he's performs to the top of his ability and, and utilizes wrestling very well. Um, do I think that will happen? Not necessarily. Um, I'm a big fan of Figueredo. I think that he's really talented. And so my prediction for this fight is I'm actually seeing a Figueredo third round-ish knockout. And the reason I say that is because, you know, Perez is good enough where when he has all of his energy early on in the fight, I think he will be able to withstand Figueredo and, and keep his distance well. But if he gets tired or if he gets tagged up in the beginning, uh, Figueredo's power is just is too much. And it's been able to put other people away, so I think it could have the same effect on, on Perez. So, you know, I like to be fun with these predictions, so I'm going to say around a third-round knockout. Um, I don't see it going the distance. These flyways can be really, really exciting, especially at this this high of a level. Um, so I'm super excited for that fight. But yeah, I got Figueiredo in that one. And now let's go to the co-main event, right? And, and this is where I was saying the DraftKings odds are, are kind of crazy, right? So you got the women's flyweight champion, Valentina Chevchenko. Uh, she's defending her title for the fourth time against the third-ranked contender, Jennifer Maya, right? And we've all seen Chevchenko fight. She's a phenomenal fighter. She's the best flyweight fighter of all time. One of the best female fighters of all time across all weight classes. And in front of her is the number third ranked contender, right? And you would think that the odds would be relatively close, right? You have a champion versus a three. DraftKings came out with their odds. And I think this is the widest spread I have ever seen in my entire life. Chevchenko is coming in as a minus 1,667 favorite, which is absolutely astronomical. And, and Maya sits at a plus 850 
underdog. And that's like a 2,500 difference between the minus 1667 and plus 850, right? I mean, normally you see numbers, it you know, with the odds stay between minus 300 and plus 300. You rarely see anything outside of that. And now you're seeing minus almost 1,700 to a plus 850, which is absolutely crazy. But I think that Chevchenko has a 99.9 repeating chance of winning. Uh, I, I've seen Chevchenko land a head kick on Jessica I that left her unconscious for 10 minutes. I've seen her put Caitlin Chukagian, uh, Chukagian in a crucifix and where Chukagian couldn't even move and she just ground and pound until the ref eventually stopped the fight, right? Shevchenko gave Nunez a run for her money, fighting her twice. She went up in weight to fight Nunez twice and actually took her to a decision both times, even though Nunez won, um, which isn't surprising. Nunez is the greatest female fighter of all time, and that was her weight class, right? But the point is, Shevchenko has been dominating this division so much for so long that she had to fight the greatest female fighter at her weight to even have competition, right? And, and Maya, you look at her... Um, her previous fights, right? She's coming off a, the best performance of her career. She really is. It's a, it was a first-round submission over um, Joanne Calderwood, right? And, and that was coming after a loss to Chukagian. So the girl that Chevchenko put in a crucifix and ground and pounded until the ref had to stop it beat Jennifer Maya, okay? And then before... That fight, she beat uh, Maya beat Roxanne Modaffrey by decision. Who, if she fought Chevchenko, would probably lose in the first thirty seconds, right? So it's not that that there's that uh, she hasn't fought too many good fighters, right? For me to think, hey, she might have a solid chance, right? She's a great fighter, yes, but Chevchenko is just at that level. That no one else in the division is at, and and it's really a it's an interesting spot for her to be in because really she has no competition at this point in time. I mean, a minus almost seventeen hundred is ridiculous. That literally means like out of a hundred fights, she'd win like ninety nine times, right? It it's an absolute crazy um, odd, but hey, I think Shevchenko's got this one in the bag. Uh, she's said that she wants to hold this belt for a long time. She's one of the most serious fighters I've ever seen, one of the most talented and versatile, and just scary, too. If you watch the UFC Embedded episodes, she always goes, whenever she has a fight in Vegas, she always goes to the shooting range there. She has good relationships with the people there. And she'll take whatever gun she uses, right? And they have whatever it is in the distance at the firing range, like the outline of a person, right, that you can shoot at to shoot a paper. She hits a headshot with every single shot out of whatever gun she uses. It's one of the scariest things I had ever seen. So that alone um, has her winning this fight. But uh, really, you know, she's it's just going to be one-sided, I think. I have Chevchenko winning in the first round by knockout. Um, there is a possibility, you know, in the Jessica I fight, 
Chevchenko dominated in the first round, completely dominated in the first round. But Jessica I was able to um, avoid a submission right at the end of the round and got her through to the second. But in between rounds, Chevchenko's corner figured out what she had to do. She was attacking. She was attacking the body a lot in the first round. She landed like six brutal body kicks. So she came out in the second round, landed a head kick, and knocked her out within 30 seconds. Right, and she because she figured out what went what went right and what went wrong or what she could do better in that first round, executed it perfectly. She's that good that her coaches can tell her in between rounds, hey, you have to, you should be doing this. She went on in the second round and did it and knocked her out very easily. And that could be the same thing. Jennifer Maya does have um, a good wrestling background, right? So if she can defend Shevchenko as much as she can in the first round, then maybe we, we, we will see her in the second round. But if that's the case, I think Shevchenko will do the same thing, make the adjustments she needs to make, and, and knock Maya out in the second round. But I'm taking her in the first round. That's the, the biggest spread I had ever seen in any odds making. And, I mean, if you want to make some money, I, you, you bet on Maya, right? A plus 850, that's crazy, you know? You you bet 100000 you win $850,000. That's absolutely crazy. Um, I might, for fun, put $10 on it and win eighty five if she happens to win. But honestly, I think the only way she can win is maybe if Chevchenko suffers a, an unfortunate injury or something. But, you know, I think if they go in toe-to-toe, um, they both fight at their best, Chevchenko wins this one easily. Right. All right, uh, next fight's a welterweight bout. You got Mike Perry versus Tim Means. Now, Mike Perry, you know, he's he's 14-6 and six in MMA, 7-6 and six in the UFC, 1-0 and oh against old people at a bar. If you don't get that joke, an old man shoved him at a bar and he punched him once and knocked the man out. So, um, and with that, brought him. He had to go to anger management and go through all that whole process before he could even come back to fight in the UFC. Which he made it through, so now he's back. And and here's the thing: so he's fighting a guy in Tim Means. They're kind of very similar. Um, Fighting style that this could definitely just be a brawl of a fight, um, which would be great to watch. But Perry, you know, if he comes into this fight, maybe clear-headed, because he said that there was a lot of emotional issues that he's gone through, which has caused those um, things to happen in the past, those events to happen in the past, right? So if he comes in clear-minded, he was, before all of that stuff happened, he was as good as he had ever been, he is, as versatile as he's been. I know that he was like 2-2 two and two in his last four fights, but he had fought the best that he had fought. And so if he comes into this fight anywhere physically, like he did in those fights, I think he can get the win in this, right? Because again, I think they're similar, but I think Mike Perry just has the edge on skill and talent. And that's pretty much all it is. Uh, Perry also came into this fight um, four and a half pounds, overweight he missed weight this morning by four and a half pounds which is a a lot to miss weight by right and a lot of people are mad at him and you can see this photo in my article if you look at it that he dabbed on the scale you know the dance dab and on the scale after weighing in four and a half pounds heavier which made people very upset to to no one's surprise either that would make uh many ufc fans upset um, but you know, means he has seen a decline, you know, um, in, in regards to his performance, right? 
you know, his longevity seems to be going down a little bit. And so if Perry, even though he missed weight and 30% of his purse is going to means no matter what, I think if Perry wants to earn respect of fans and wants to make a name for himself in the welterweight division, he's got to do it soon. And, and this is the perfect opportunity to do it. He knows that he's a little bit better than means. He's the favorite in this fight. He's a minus 148 to Tim's uh, plus 120. So if he can get a knockout, which I think he will, if he can get a knockout um, with a nice counter, uh, because Means had has had trouble in the past against Nico Price and, and Daniel Rodriguez, right? He's had trouble against good counter punchers. Then I think he'll earn some respect back from his fans, right? Uh, and it would be a really good win for him. He'd be able to get another win, two consecutive wins uh, for the first time. and be on the right track in the welterweight division, right? So let's move right along then to the second women's flyweight bout of the of the night. Chukagin is actually on this card. She fought both uh, Jennifer Maya and Chevchenko, and, and she's fighting on this card, fighting neither of them. So she's against Cynthia Calvillo, right? And Cynthia Calvillo, similar to Mike Perry, has had issues making weight in the past. She ended up making weight for this fight, so she must have learned from her mistakes, so good for her. But hey, she has yet to fight when i was looking she has yet to fight at 125 she has never come into a flyweight fight at 125 because there's four times she's missed weight and two of them turned into catch weight fights and and then the the other flyweight fights she came in one like four pounds underweight and then one two pounds overweight so very strange but cynthia is actually the favorite in this fight you know, and so when you look at these two side by side, you got Jukagin who has fought top of the line fighters, and you know I know she lost to Chevchenko. She was put in that crucifix, which is is deadly, right? But she's fought the people. She's fought people at the top of the line. She's fought great fighters um, in the flyweight division, including Jessica Andrade, who will most likely fight Valentina next, right? Whereas Cynthia Calvillo, uh in my in my opinion, hasn't necessarily proven yet that she is an established fighter in the flyweight division. I think that Chukagian is, but I haven't seen that yet in Calvillo. Calvillo is nine and one in in MMA. Chukagian's fourteen and four. Seven Chukagian seven and four in the UFC. Calvillo six one and one in the UFC. So very very similar stats. Calvillo. On one hand, is very good at submissions. She has three submissions in her six UFC victories, right? That's very impressive. And that's most recently is coming off a uh, decision victory against a relatively highly ranked Jessica I, who I mentioned earlier, Chevchenko had had knocked out um, three fights prior to this one. Um, so, yeah, again, looking at these two side by side, you got Chukagian. She's going to have the height. She's going to have the reach. She will most likely have the striking advantage, right? While Calvillo will be more suited on the ground in this fight. So I'm looking at it, and, I, and I'm, I'm torn a little bit because I was confused. When I had looked at this myself, I was like, hey, I got Chukagian in this fight, right? But then I looked at the odds, and I looked at what a couple other people were saying, and they thought, you know, Calvillo has proved herself at other weights, and that will transfer very well to this fight. 
Now, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, Chukagian is on a two-fight, or has lost two of her last three fights. She lost to Valentina Chevchenko, then beat Valentina's sister, and then just lost to Jessica Andrade by a body shot, right? And I don't necessarily think that because she lost to Valentina Chevchenko and by a body shot, which rarely happens, to Jessica Andrade, that you should be taking anything away from her that she's won and two in her last three. She's been at the top of the line in this division for for a minute now. Now, Calvillo's just stepping up here, and everyone thinks that, you know, Chukagan isn't all that, and Calvillo's better, and that she's going to win this fight. And so, DraftKings has Calvillo as a minus 250 favorite, and Chukagan right under plus 200. Um, but normally, what I like to do is I like to pick at least one underdog to win in these events, and I'm sticking with Chukagan. I am. I I'm going to stick with my gut. I, I thought she was going to win this fight before I had, uh, you know, when I had done my own research, before I started looking at other people's things, and I'm, I'm staying true to that. I think having a height advantage in, in the women's divisions is uh, very important. I think that it helps a lot. Um, I know it didn't against Andrade, but Calvillo isn't Andrade, right? Um, Andrade is one of the hardest-hitting female fighters there is. So, Chukagan just was susceptible to getting hit because her height in the body from, from someone that's as strong as Andrade, right? So, I think if Chukagan can get her striking down, can keep her distance, and limit the amount of time she gets taken down, she'll be able to bring this fight to a decision. And more often than not, the person that lands the more strikes and is more technical on the feet wins, unless they're on the ground for four minutes, if, if Calvillo has... 10 total minutes of ground control time in the fight. That would be the only way she would win by de- decision through wrestling. But I think Chu Kagan will, will get the victory and get right back on track to where she is. And then, you know, the winner of this fight will most likely fight the winner, or not winner, will fight previous winner, Lauren Murphy, who just won a couple weeks ago. Um, and then the winner of that fight will most likely get right in line for a title shot again against the winner of most likely Chevchenko, Andrade and that would be an amazing fight so I'm very I'm very excited for that and then the last fight on the card is uh you got a rematch between Mauricio Rua or Shogun as he likes to you know be called and Paul Craig now these two fought last November um about a year ago right and uh it was a tie it was a draw there's barely any draws ever in the UFC but apparently these two had drawn and the majority of the fight was Craig's, and I say that because when they were on the feet, Craig fought very well. He was a little bit faster and he was a little more technical, right? But Rua just has this experience. You know, Shogun has this experience. He he was the light heavyweight champion back in 2010, right? So, I mean, this guy's been been in the ringer for, for a while now, and so that always helps, right? And, and guess who he lost his title to? John Jones, right? So how much are you going to take away from this guy? But, you know, ever since, Shogun's kind of just been hanging hanging in the shadows a little bit in the light heavyweight division. He's ranked, he's the 14th contender right now. Craig is the 15th. So they're, they're you know, they're neck and neck. Craig, on one hand, though, is much younger. Um, and he has a lot more time to move up the ranks than I would say Shogun does. Just because Shogun is, I think he's around 36, 38 years old. There's not many people that can fight longer than that. You know, only Joel Romero, really, we see get into his 40s and still fight well. 
Um, and so in this fight, I don't think it's going to be a draw again. That I don't think there's ever been two draws in um, two fighters rematching before. But I think Craig is going to win. I think that his striking certainly is better. And as time goes on, right, think about this. If Craig was better at striking in the first fight and a little bit faster and a little more athletic, then how is a year after a year of training and now you know your fighter so you already know what went well and what did not? I think Craig is just going to have the advantage there in this fight. Um, I'm seeing it go all three rounds, though, and I think that Paul Craig will just win by decision. Um, Craig's a minus 177 favorite. Shogun is a plus 140. So, you know, it's not that crazy. It could, it could almost go either way, uh, but I'm definitely, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Craig in this one, right? So let me run through one more time. Paul Craig defeats Shogun by decision. I got Jukagian defeating Calvillo also by decision. And then I got Mike Perry defeating Tim Means by a third round knockout. I, I'm sorry, I don't know if I even mentioned that before, but yeah, I, I know I said he was going to get a knockout, but Mike Perry defeats Tim Means by a third round knockout is what I'm going to say. Um, I think Tim can can hang hang in there for a little bit, but if Perry can land one of those counter counter shots, especially if Means gets tired later in the fight, then, then it's over. In the co-main event, I got Valentina Shevchenko. It could be a first round or early second round knockout. It's really going to be a one-sided fight. Uh, and there's no disrespect towards Jennifer Maya, right? There's just such a gap between the champion Chevchenko, and then even the one ranked contender and the two and the three. It has nothing to do with Maya. It's just Chevchenko's on a different level. And I think she's going to showcase that tomorrow night. And then the main event, I'm a big Figueredo fan. He He's just had dominant, dominant performances in his last three fights. A first round submission, a first round knockout, and a second round knockout in his last three fights. Perez, you know, he's similarly, he's had two first round finishes in his most recent fights, but Figueiredo's been at the top um, more, like for a longer time, more recently. Uh, you know, Perez, like I said, a year ago was ranked 12, and he's already had a title fight, so that's very fast. I know what happened because Cody Garbrandt stepped out, but that's very fast to then fight the best in the division. And I think that it's going to take, you know, take a miracle almost to, or just a, the best performance ever from Perez to, to get it done. So I'm going to say Figueredo third round knockout because he just has the heaviest hands I've seen um, in this division. I mean, I'm curious to see when, when Cody Garbrandt comes back, how his power translates to being at 125. He's usually at 135. Um, but as of right now, Figueredo has the, has the hardest punches I've seen. He's quick. He has great counters. He's good on the ground. He can submit you. Uh, so I, I think it's going to go his way. So, all right, that's it for me. Please watch this event uh, Saturday night, though, if, if you're a fan, because a lot of times these flyweight fights get slept on because, oh, it's not the heavyweights. Oh, it's not um, Usman or Adesanya or, or whoever. But these fights are oftentimes just fantastic. So um, I'll be back in a couple of days reviewing everything that went on. Let's see how good I do in my predictions. I think I went 4-1 and one last time, so I'm doing great with these. Uh, and let's see if Chukagin can be my can be my upset. That's what I'm hoping for. But as always, stay safe. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the fights. See ya.